the hope we find in Jesus. It is not abstract. It is not just an idea. That hope is tangible. That hope is something that reaches to us, that we could touch, that we could feel, that we can experience for ourselves. Hey, Evangel Family, Pastor Chris here. Thank you again for tuning in and watching us and taking part in our church services here at Evangel. I have uh, just so enjoyed being able to spend this time with you in a series that we are bringing to a close this Sunday. It is called Hope Rising. And my prayer is that although the series is ending, hope will stay alive in your heart. I just want to remind you of the importance that we are a people that have experienced the living hope of Jesus. And living with that hope changes everything everything for us. Uh, today, as I get into my message, I want to just share a, share a quick thought with you. Would you take a moment with me and imagine two different people, two different workers. They have the very same job. They're working at the very same place. The job situation, the conditions, everything's the same. In this job, they're working 80 hours a week. Okay, so think about that. It's a lot. Um, and it's incredibly boring. There are no vacations for the entire year. It's a, it's a very boring job. It's a very long, drawn-out job. They only get about half a day off each week. And all the people that they're working with are horrible in this job. You got it? Got that pictured in your mind? Okay. Now here's, here's what I want you to think about. The first person that's working this job of the two, he's told and promised by his boss at the end of the year he is going to be paid $10,000 for his work. The second person is told that they're going to be paid at the end of the year $10 million for their work. Got it? Got the scene? Okay. So here it is. They go on to work and they're, they're good, getting into it. They're going through it. And although the conditions are exactly the same, these two people are responding to them completely differently. You can imagine with me, why? I mean, we understand why. For after three weeks of this kind of work, of them going through the motions, doing everything they're doing, after three weeks, the first person is saying, I'm done. I can't take any more of this. I can't move on. The second person is saying, this is a piece of cake. Come on, let's keep going. Why is that? The conditions are the same. Everything is exactly the same. Do you know why? Because of what they're hoping in. One is hoping in something to them, that seems to be so much smaller than what they're enduring. The other is hoping in something so much bigger. The only thing that is different is where their hope lies. And it's just an incredible, vivid reminder for you and me that our present circumstances, yes, they're challenging. Yes, the things we might be walking through. But when we're a people that have such an incredible hope, a hope that comes from heaven, we don't have to despair and we have the power to overcome even the greatest obstacles. Hope is something that enables us to face the present, to face this moment in time, even terrible difficulties with a, a desire, a perseverance, an ability to move forward. You know, there's something that hope does for us. Hope motivates us when discouragement comes. Hope energizes us when we're feeling tired. Hope sweetens when bitterness comes to bite at you. Hope sings when all the melodies seem gone. Hope believes when evidence has been eliminated. Hope listens for answers when no one seems to be talking. Hope climbs over obstacles when no one else is helping. Hope endures hardship when no one else seems to be caring. 
Hope smiles confidently when no one else is laughing. Hope reaches for answers when no one is asking. Hope presses towards victory when no one is cheering. Hope dares to give when no one seems to be sharing. Hope shines brightest when the hour is darkest. Think about that. Hope is something so powerful. And as we've taken hold of it in this series, as we've walked forward, I know that there can be challenges in this life and in this world around us. But when we hold on to hope that comes from heaven, the hope that can rise up because Jesus Christ is risen from the grave, we can truly overcome anything. And I say that to you today after a week that has been grueling for us as a nation, not because of just the pandemic of COVID-19 and the continued uh, length of waiting for restrictions to be lifted and for re-entry to take place and, and wondering and waiting on governors and leaders and, and, and people in power to make decisions. There's another pandemic that's been brewing of racism, of discord, of, of division that has just seemed to hit a fever pitch. As we saw the news of what transpired in Minneapolis um, we've, I was awoken on, on Thursday morning, uh, and as I woke up, I saw the news of riots, two days of riots that had now turned deadly. And on Thursday morning, I woke up, and the first thing that I saw are pictures in the news of fire consuming buildings, hearing about the loss of more lives as people in frustration and anger are looking for an outlet, looking for justice, looking for an answer, looking to make a difference. And in that, I had already prepared my message for the most part of what I was going to share with you today. And as I'm looking at that, my heart is heavy. It's already been heavy. I've already been praying. We spent this last week in our prayer meeting just praying for God to heal our land. But it was in that moment of, of brokenness and angst that the Lord birthed a new word in my heart. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. It's a message of hope for this hour. It's a message of hope that I believe can bring healing. As I looked at these pictures, these images of this fire consuming a building, I felt the still small voice of the Holy Spirit speak a word into my heart. I wrote it down so that I would remember exactly what the Lord was saying to me. Um, this is what I felt the Lord said. What is needed today is not the fires of protest, but the fires of my presence. The answer for this day, the answer for what we need, healing in our land to overcome the obstacle that's right in front of us is not the fire of our own hands, but the fire of heaven, the fire that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I was reminded that today, today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the day on our church calendar when we remember the fire that came down from heaven that consumed a people of every tribe, nation, and tongue, unified them together around the risen Savior Jesus and changed the world. Friends, I want you to know that Pentecost, the power of Pentecost, shows us some of the greatest hope that we are looking for today to find healing and restoration in our world, in racial divides, in the brokenness, in the challenges. It is the power of God. Look what it says in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. This is the promise of God and this is what it says. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might or by power, but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. 
And I would just tell you today, I believe with everything in my heart, this is the word of the Lord for evangel today. This is the word of the Lord for our nation today. This is the word of the Lord for those who are overwhelmed and overcome and are frustrated. It is not by might or power that the answer will come, but by the Spirit of God able to do a work in the hearts and lives of his people. It has been the answer. It will be the answer again. So today, Pentecost Sunday, I believe that the power of Pentecost gives us great hope to heal racial divides, brokenness, and hurts in our land. It is the amazing reminder, Pentecost, of what happens when the power of the Holy Spirit falls, what the Lord can do in the hearts and lives of people and how the world can be changed forever. Friends, I'm asking if you'll pray with me for a fresh outpouring that the Lord will pour out his presence today on Pentecost Sunday once more as we wait upon him that he'll fulfill his promise once again. Today I'm desperate. I'm desperate for a move of God. How about you? Come on right now, would you just begin to pray with me? Would you lift your hands to heaven? Lord Jesus, we pray today for a fresh outpouring of your presence. We pray, Lord God, that the fire of God would fall in our homes, in, in, in our places where we worship you, Lord God, in places where there's hurt, Lord God, that your spirit would birth up something new, but yet something that's so rooted in the old, Lord God, that's rooted back, Lord, to the very first moments that we encountered your presence from on high. So Lord, come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to bring us to God's word this morning and this message that the Lord's just been birthing in my heart. I pray it'll speak to your heart as well. If you'll open with me to the book of Acts, you could start in chapter one and there in Acts chapter one, we see that Jesus is risen. He has been with his disciples for just about 40 days and as he has revealed himself to his followers and to many others, they know for sure this is the one God promised. Jesus died and he rose again and he revealed himself to hundreds of people. Now, as they're coming to this moment, there's all this tension. I want you to realize that in the same way we might feel tension brewing in our land, uh, in, 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 in unrest, a sense of frustration, a sense of, of feeling held back. Maybe some are feeling because they want to get back to life or work or reopen businesses. There was the same sense of tension brewing in the first century early church when Jesus had risen from the grave. There was a great desire for God's people to overthrow the Roman Empire because they felt so suppressed and oppressed by them. And so Jesus's followers begin to say to him after he's risen, after they know this is the Messiah, the one God has sent, they said, is now the time? Is it time to take up arms? Is it time to do this thing? Lord, is now the time that you are going to restore the kingdom? You're gonna, we're gonna take over? We're gonna, we're gonna make it known? Is, it, is now the moment? And Jesus said, those dates, those hours aren't, aren't for you to understand, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and the world will be changed because you're gonna be my witness. You're gonna be living proof of the resurrection power of Jesus. He said, so it's not about taking up arms, it's about waiting for the promise of power from on high. That's what's gonna change the world. That's what's gonna make what's wrong right. That's what's gonna transform hearts and lives and change people forever. That was the promise Jesus made then. And once more, again, I believe it's the promise he's made to us. It's not by might or by power, but by his spirit that will make the difference. And so this is what Jesus says. And the people go and they wait upon the Lord after he ascends. And so in Acts chapter two, starting at verse one, look what it says. When the day of Pentecost came, 
they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so verses 1 through 4 are so powerful. This is the moment of Pentecost. This is the moment when Jesus fulfills the promise that they are now filled with power from on high. This is the beginning of the church. This is the moment that begins to change everything. But what many of us don't recognize is what's going on in verse 5. I want you to know Pentecost was not just a moment of power where a group of people, uh, the disciples, changed the world. It was also an event where people of every tribe, nation, and tongue experienced the power of God and were unified in a very special way. It was this incredible moment. Look what it says in verse 5. It says, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from what? Every nation under heaven. If you'll go down and you'll see, you'll see that there are people from Egypt. There were Arab people there. There were people from Cappadocia. There were people from all over the world of that time that were in that moment, in that place. And when the presence of God fell, when the Holy Spirit filled that moment, all these people that were divided by the color of their skin, by the language that they spoke, by all of the differences they had of their nationality and whatever it was, in that moment, they were all unified. In fact, as they heard the voice of the men that were filled with the Holy Spirit begin to speak out, they heard God being praised in their own language. There was this amazing, unifying moment when the power of Pentecost fell that brought people together that had otherwise been divided. People who were distant from one another were now brother and sister and all that day came to faith in Jesus Christ. Thousands were saved, transformed in a moment's notice because of the power of what God can do. The power of the Holy Spirit falling on us has the power to change everything, has the power to change and heal our land. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, say amen. Type amen. Say amen to somebody because this is the promise of God. This is on this day, nearly 2,000 years after the original moment, I believe we can cry out to heaven once more and we can see God rain down with his power, his strength, his anointing. Now, the people thought it was weird what was going on. They thought it was peculiar. And in verse 15, they begin to say, maybe they're drunk and Peter has to get up and the Bible says, full of the Holy Spirit, Peter begins to speak. Verse 15, it says, he says, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, what you're seeing right now is a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel spoke. Verse 17, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on what? On all people. Circle that if you're reading in your Bible today. Come on, type it in the comments. All people. You might see it says all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Do you know what this beautiful promise is? The promise of Pentecost, the promise of God's power, when the Holy Spirit falls, it changes everything and it levels the ground. We often say that the, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. 
There's no dividing line. There's no hierarchy there. There's no difference. We're all sinners saved by grace. We all come and kneel humbly at the foot of Jesus, at the foot of the cross to receive forgiveness. In the same way, it says whenever God's spirit falls, he's no respecter of person, of color, of class, of age, of anything. When the spirit of God falls, it says it's gonna fall on your sons and your daughters, no prophesy. Your old men will see visions and dream dreams. Even servants, even people that would be seen in a different class, they're gonna be filled with the spirit. They're gonna prophesy. It is this great equalizer. It is this great unifier. It is this great moment when God's power falls, it bleeds out every single line that has divided us. It just tears down every wall. This is the promise of God from his word. This is what he would do. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is changing people's hearts. When we are filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it transforms our hearts. Look at Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 says, it says, I will put my spirit in you and then what? Move you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Do you know what the, what the greatest challenge of our day is? Is that we are, we are operating so in our flesh. We're seeing the worst of what's within us coming out, things that don't honor the heart of God. That's in all kinds of brokenness and depravity and atrocities and injustices that we're seeing in this world. Do you know what the answer is? The Lord says, I know what it is. It's not going to be by your hand. It's not going to be by your, your desiring to do better. It's not going to be because of protests. It's not going to be because uh, we have made new laws that have made it. He says, that you make all the laws you want. If the hearts of man are broken, it's, just, it's always going to be broken. But when I put my spirit in you, hmm, that can change everything. I can now cause you to walk in my ways. I can now move you. I can lead you by the power of my spirit. And if you'll walk in the spirit, then you won't satisfy the desires of the flesh, of your old self. This is the promise he makes, that I will put my spirit within you and I'm gonna cause you to live differently. What happens when the spirit of God dwells in us? The Bible says it bears fruit. There's a fruitfulness, there's a harvest, there's a growth, an outgrowth of the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. You know what that's called? We often call it the fruit of the Spirit. You know about that, right? We sang the song, it's not a coconut, it's not a watermelon, the fruit of the Spirit is very different. What's the first thing it said that is the byproduct of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Love. The fruit of the Spirit is love and we see joy and peace and all these other attributes. But I believe that the prime attribute of the work of the spirit in our hearts and in our lives is love. Do you know why every wall's torn down at Pentecost as the spirit of God falls? As God does this amazing work and begins to save people of every tribe, nation, and tongue is because the Holy Spirit is now birthing and growing a love in us that can only come from heaven, giving us the capacity to have the love of God that is so hard to grasp, but when we grasp it, it changes everything. It gives us the ability to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself, even our neighbor that doesn't look, think, feel the same way that we do. That love changes everything. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says everything else is gonna fade away, even prophecy and tongues and all, all, all these things are gonna fade away, but there will be three things that will remain. Do we know what they are? It says now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. The greatest is love. The love of God 
poured out in our lives, lavished on us, poured into our hearts, a work of the Holy Spirit flowing out of us. This love changes everything. How do I know that this is possible? Because God's word says it, but you know why else? Because we've experienced it even in our recent history. This is a key part of what happens when God's spirit is poured out. There was a moment that happened when God's presence was poured out again, when a group of people looked to heaven and began to ask God to do what he did in the early church and the power of Pentecost reigned again. It was called the Azusa Street Revival. It changed the world. It is ultimately how our church uh, came to be and how many thousands and thousands of churches all around the world have come to be. It came out of that place of revival. The late 1800s, the early 1900s, there was a stirring and a moving of God's spirit. And when it rested on Azusa Street, there was a man named William Seymour who God used so powerfully, a black man. And in that day and age, there was so much segregation. There was all kinds of racism and, 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 and there were so, so many divisions of people groups of all types. But when the spirit of God fell to Azusa Street, it changed everything. In fact, there was a man named Frank Barkleman who actually is attributed with this quote. It says, the color line was washed away by the blood of Christ. When he looked at Azusa Street, when he considered what was happening there in Los Angeles, Here's what it says. It says that Azusa Street, blacks, Latinos, Asians, whites, and others knelt beside one another. They prayed and they sang together and the Holy Spirit created in them a dimension of love, of unity, of brotherhood, of equality that was unprecedented at that time. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in divine love allowed men, women, and children to celebrate their unity in Christ and participate as led by the Holy Spirit. It propelled them to go out and change their neighborhoods, cities, and even world because of what God had poured out in that moment. I want you to know I'm so convinced in my heart that the Lord has spoken to me, that the answer for the hurts of our day, the answer for everything that's happening around us is a fresh outpouring of his presence. Friends, can we begin to pray for that today? Can we begin to ask that the Lord would do something in us, that he would pour out his presence through us, that he would give us the ability? Because here's what's so sad. In that moment, that happened. And then in the decades and the years following Azusa Street, it faded away. It's as if they found that sweet spot in God's presence of his love. And then over time, it, it, it faded away like some anesthesia that kind of wore off. But I want you to know in God's presence, there is this potential. There is this ability for us to be his people, unified in heart, in lives, in love with one another, not divided, but united by Christ in the most beautiful way. John 15 verses 9 and 10 says this, as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I believe that a new, fresh outpouring of God's presence is what's needed at this day. How about you? And here's what I know. I know we all can't be in the sanctuary together today, but the Bible promises where we have gathered together, where we've united our hearts and lifted our voice in unison, that God hears us and will respond. And so can we come back to that place? Can we make each of our homes and each of our places that we're watching this an upper room experience? Can we gather with our families for these next few moments? And can we cry out to heaven like they did so long 
long ago and worship the Lord and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on our land once again. Come on, right where you're at, would you stand to your feet? I know maybe you've gotten used to sitting and, and you're hearing me say right now, not because I'm watching, I can't see you, but because right now this is a moment, a holy moment that I believe God wants to do something special. So rise to your feet. Right now, would you gather with whoever else is around you? Come on, call them. Push away every distraction, everything that may have been standing and, and grabbing for your attention. And in this moment, we are going to worship the Lord for just a few moments, and we're going to call upon the presence of God. So come on, we're going to sing this song. We're going to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit to meet us in this moment, to fill us with his love, to give us a fresh outpouring of his presence. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Come now, pour out your presence, pour out your power on us in our lives and on our land. In Jesus' name, come on, would you just welcome him as we worship.
Lord Jesus, make us aware of your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now in this place, in our homes. Come on, take a moment just to welcome his presence. Perhaps you are feeling the presence of God falling on you. Perhaps there's even an unction within you to begin to speak out. You don't understand what's happening. This is the promise of Pentecost that you would even speak out as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. So right now, if that's happening and that prompting is filling your heart, just begin to speak out. Perhaps today in this moment, the Holy Spirit's beginning to baptize some in his presence, right in your home, right where you find yourself worshiping in this moment. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come on, right now, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? Would you make us aware, just as this week, Lord God, you spoke into my heart, I could hear and sense your presence, Lord God. May every person hearing this right now, Lord, may every person encountering this message begin to feel and experience your presence, Lord God. We ask you right now, make us more aware of your presence. Come on, let's continue to worship him. Let's just continue to call upon his name. Let's continue to ask him to be poured out in our presence today. Lord, now we ask you that you'd seal this moment, Lord God. Thank you for the work you're doing in our hearts and our lives, Lord God. You are our great hope, Lord God. Heal our land, we pray, Lord God. And may revival start in our hearts, Lord God. May revival begin and be birthed right here in our home, in our hearts, in our families, Lord God. Once more, pour out your spirit, we pray, Lord God. May our sons and our daughters prophesy. May you give visions, Lord God. And may you give dreams to your people, Lord God. And may you heal our land again. We pray, Lord God, that we will see the byproduct of Pentecost, the byproduct, the evidence of your spirit moving, Lord God. Do it today, Lord God. Do something that changes everything, we pray. In your name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, church family, for being a part of our service today. My prayer is that the spirit of God has met you and that you are finding hope in his presence, in his spirit. Remember, this moment, this hour, the things we may feel powerless 
to control or to do something about. The Lord has already said, it's not gonna be by might or power, but by my spirit. And so let's continue to pray that this week. Let's continue to look forward to all the great things God has in store. Know that I love you, your pastors, your staff, our evangel family, Mandy and I, we, we pray for you regularly. And we can't wait to all be together in one place at one time again. God bless you. Have a great week.